Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a full-time touring country artist currently out in support of her new single, Sharing the Night Together which she just released two months ago and whose music video premiered on CMT.com. She has shared the stage with the likes of Carrie Underwood, Sarah Evans, Gloriana, and Josh Thompson, among others. And she has played at the NFL Experience at the Super Bowl in early 2013. Plus, she has performed internationally, including Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, and Switzerland. To date, she has released four albums. She was part of a duo called Midtown Violets. You've been hearing one of her songs entitled Lie to Me. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show singer-songwriter Karen Waldrup. Well, hi there. So good to talk to you guys today. Thank you so much, Karen. Welcome to the show, and thanks for making the time after, I believe, playing twice last night and then playing again tonight. You got that right. I'm a... I am addicted to playing live. That is definitely my passion. It's definitely where my heart beats is on stage in the live setting. I love it so much. Awesome. Well, uh, how about that intro? That that might possibly be the longest intro I can recall in 40-plus episodes <laughs> that I've written, and I know there's actually still more. What What an amazing ride you're on, yes? Thank you so much. I've been really blessed, and I've been working my freaking butt off uh, for... <laughs> I have. I've been working my butt off for um, the last six years. I've been living in Nashville for six years. Moved here just because my passion for writing songs. I just had to be in Music City. I just knew it. And I moved here six years ago, so I've been working really exceptionally hard for the last six years. But writing songs and playing guitar since I was 16. Um, and just kind of started writing songs and had no idea that it would turn into a full-time career. You know, it's it's such a blessing to be able to make music as a job. It's, it never gets old every day. I'm extremely thankful for that. Now, when you say you moved to Nashville, uh, was that, I want to use the expression cold turkey, but in other words, some people will kind of dip their toe in the water, go back and forth a little bit, see if it's for them, and then decide, okay, I've been there enough times, I've started to establish some context, I'm ready to do it. Is that how you did it, or did you just up and leave and say, the first day I get there is going to be the first day that I start living there? <laughs> you got it about right on the second option. Um, I was playing a lot of music while I was in college in South Mississippi. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi, and 
I was playing a lot of live music, just the clubs and the bars in that area were just really thirsty for original music, and I was writing it, and people were really receptive of it, and the college kids that I went to school with were really supportive and would show up and be on the front row and support me on. I was a Tri-Delta in college, so all the girls from college would be there and support me, and so I think it was kind of one of those things where I knew that I was graduating from college and I had to move somewhere. And I didn't really necessarily want to move back to New Orleans. I just didn't. I don't really know why. And so I was actually at a party with my uh, college boyfriend who I have tons of songs about. All you have to do is listen to one of my records and you can hear all about him. Um, but uh, anyway, we were at a party and he said, um, you know, why don't you move to a music city like, like Nashville or L.A. or New York? And I just, I'll never forget it. I just remember thinking, well, why not? You know, it's kind of like, okay, that's a great idea. And then I think L.A. was just so far from home, and then New York was just kind of too a little too much for me. But Nashville seemed like a perfect medium. And I came here on uh, getaway with my sisters just to check it out and see if I liked it. And that night we ended up at the country radio seminar, and I met Taylor Swift that night, and I ended up, you know, in the Renaissance Hotel, just like God put me in the middle of all of oh, it. Yeah, like, you should be here. And wow. so I did. I just started meeting people, and then I graduated and got a day job. I was smart enough when I moved to town to know that it was a long journey. Uh-huh. So I got a really stable day job so I could write and kind of build it from the ground up. And the goal of that day job every step of the way was to quit. <laughs> it was all about how do I get closer to being a full-time artist, and I think um, it happens very gradually, uh, at least for me. It happens in a very um, gradual, growing, you know, constantly growing kind of movement, and it still is, and it's great. Well, it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it sounds to me as though the path that you were on never gave you the opportunity, I'm going to say, to reach the point of frustration, meaning you know, was there a part where you finally said, like, okay, it was all worth it? Because it sounds to me like it was a gradual incline, and because of the the momentum that you continued to find over the years in transitioning to Nashville, I don't, I don't think it. And correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't sound to me like you, fortunately, ever fell into a point of frustration. The only time I ever considered giving it up was when I found out that my ex-boy from college, from college was engaged. Oh, and my. I called him up and told him he could marry me instead. And I'm so thankful he didn't say yes because I was at the height of my career. And I just think, you know, to choose music over love was definitely one of the things that I did that um, put an extra fire underneath my, my craft, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Choosing, choosing music over something as strong as the love I had with him is just like, you know, and thankfully he was, he told me that night on the phone, he said, you know, uh, this person is the person I'm supposed to marry and I, you know, it's not, you know, it's nothing against you, but no thanks. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm so glad because I mean, some of my friends and family don't even know that, you know, that I, that I did that. That was crazy, but wow. that's really the only time I've ever doubted it ever. Other than that, it's just been amazing how much support from my huge New Orleans family. My grandmother had 18 children. Wow. And yes, and all of, and a big Catholic family. So all of those 18 children had many, several children, and then they started to have several children. So wow. I have one of the largest um, groups of people 
supporting me that call me family probably more than any other artist I'm sure. that can say. You know, I'm sure. I, I have people all across the country that's like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin or that's my niece <laughs> or that's my, you know. And I truly am all those things, but it's a lot. When my grandmother passed away last year, she had over 150 living descendants. Wow. Amazing. You can imagine how huge my family is. Amazing. <laughs> so, there's a joke with the band that no matter what city we go to, somebody from my family is there. <laughs> Great. And that family gatherings around the holidays, everybody has to wear name tags, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I always play. You know, I always bring my guitar and my setup PA, and I always throw kind of a party. You know, I do what I do for people's private events, but I do it for my family and everybody. Oh, that's just, awesome. You know, drinks and has gumbo and dances, and we all have a good time. So my family is a Huge anchor for me out of New Orleans for sure. I I I do think that's awesome because I'm I'm saying that sincerely because I know that you know with with my clients and 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 just being in the music business enough I I know that that that's usually the time when you kind of feel like okay I can exhale now and I'm not going to be having to perform I can leave my guitar behind no one's going to be asking me to sing because I'm just. Karen, their sister, or Karen, their daughter, or Karen, their cousin. And so that's amazing that everybody's saying, bring it on. You better have your guitar with you. <laughs> exactly. And every time I meet anybody in the music industry um, that has had fame or success, I always ask them, you know, you know, I don't need a picture with you. I just want to know, can you give me one more piece of advice? And I'll never forget what the girl from Thompson Square told me. She said, sing. Every time anyone wants you to sing, sing. It's your job. Wow. And so every time I'm at karaoke, every time I'm at a party, every time I'm anywhere and someone asks me to sing, I think of her. I'm like, it's my job. The reason why God allows me to be able to pay my bills and, and have a full-time living is because of this gift. So even if I'm at a party with a bunch of people who I didn't plan on, but there's a guitar in the corner, I still play because it's my job. It's what I do. Regardless of whether or not I'm getting paid in that moment, you know, I'm getting paid in the end because it's all one big effort, you know? Well, and I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, for, for two reasons. Number one, listeners, if you didn't hear episode 40 two weeks ago, Misty Loggins basically said the same thing, just a different way. But she said, you know, don't come to Nashville and hole up in your apartment or wherever you're living and just write and, and not get out and perform. That's why you came there is to be a performer. So she said, like, any opportunity you get, perform. And and Karen, it's it's good to hear you say that because, in my opinion, the people that I have on my show are people that have made it in the music business. So yourself, Misty Loggins, and the other, I guess that would be 40 guests that have been on the podcast so far, you have made it in the music business. And so even for someone like you that has made it in the music business is still saying, I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to perform. And, and the second point I wanted to make is that I continually preach to my clients, to prospective clients, to anyone I'm talking to, that you never know who might be there. And even listeners for someone like Karen Waldrop, who has made it, she never knows who might be there. And I, I imagine, Karen, that that's a large part of, of where you and, and this advice derives from, yes? Absolutely. I think that is so true. You know, I've always heard that from people. You never know who's going to be in the crowd. You never know who's going to be in the crowd. And I have such a perfect example of that. I was playing a show at the Florabama, which is on the, the Florida and Alabama Gulf Coast. Right. So the bar literally sits on the state line. And so on one side, you know, you're in Florida, and on the other side, you're in Alabama. And that's kind of the novelty behind it. But it's a really fun 
super high energy venue right on the beach and people come from all over the country. Yeah, it's to a hang very it's a very raucous place. It's a very fun place to be for, and, for music. <laughs> it is and they really love original music, so it's quite a unique place and I remember I was up on stage and my guitar string popped and I uh went on the side of the stage to change the string and in the music business you've got people coming up to you all the time with who they know and their brother plays guitar with this person and, and so you just kinda always have to Oh, cool. You know, I mean, you never know who's real or who's making it up, really. Mm -hmm. And this lady comes up to me and she says, I want to be your stylist. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, right. And she has been. She has sent me thousands and thousands of dollars worth of boots and shoes and clothes and jewelry. And just made me. And just she just believes in it. And she just makes me look like a star. And I think that's important because... You know, when your whole life and energy and passion lies in creating music, you're not really that good at imagery. You know, it's just not your thing. It's not really my thing. It's not my thing to spend days and days at the mall. It's just not. I just, I want to be in the studio. I want to write. I want to play. But when I'm on stage, there's 500 eyeballs looking at my outfit going, well, that's not in season. Or why is she wearing those white pants or whatever. So it's really (laughs) great to have someone who magically appears in your life and is an angel in an area where you're not good at. Well, so, yeah, you, you never know who's in the crowd. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, either either she's doing a great job or you're very humble, uh, or both, because uh, listeners, if you're just being introduced to Karen, go ahead and, and look online. I mean, the pictures are always beautiful, Karen. We're, we're going to talk in a little bit about one of your videos, and and I'm, I'm I don't mind saying that you look just beautiful in, in the video that we're going to talk about. So either you're humble or, you. or she's doing a great <laughs> job by you. Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, and uh, I've actually gotten a, l- a little off script here, but but that's fine. That's you know that's usually the way the the best shows go. Just you know just in the way that songwriting. You know you sit down, you think you have a plan, you think you have a song, and all of a sudden it turns into something that you never imagined. Uh, but I do want to uh, before we get too much further out, we were playing your song "Lie to Me." while the intro was taking place and, and I was talking over it. So just tell the listeners about that song, if if you would, a lot of energy in that song. Thank you. Um, I wrote that song with Sandy Ramos, who was one of my co-writers when I first moved to town. She has been supportive of me from the start. She's had cuts with the Dixie Chicks and Faithill and um, Sammy Kershaw and artists like that. And so she's been a huge inspiration for me and in helping me write it. When I first moved to town, I met her at Nashville Songwriting Association. Um, I was in a meeting talking to them, and she walked in, and we just instantly connected. And we've actually been friends for a long time, but she and I wrote Lie to Me in Brentwood, Tennessee on an evening. It was cold, and we just sat there, and I had my guitar, and I, you know, we really wanted to go with like a rocking kind of Bonnie Raitt-sounding kind of tune, like with that kind of groove. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we sat down, and we started writing it, and... I just thought about, you know, that feeling when you're, you know, on vacation with someone that you're dating or when you're, you know, in some sort of situation where you're like, okay, I realize that this is over. I get it. But can you just pretend for a couple more days until we get through this vacation or can you Mm. just act like everything's cool until the end of this date Mm. or whatever? And so that's why I wrote lie to me, you know, just lie to me and tell me, tell me everything's okay. Kind of, (laughs) and I think a lot of women kind of feel that way sometimes, which maybe is why we're so screwed up. But, um, (laughs) just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear, baby. Just tell me. 
Well, you know, and I, I want to go back then because uh, that that made me think of of the ex boyfriend. Now, for openers, there, there's there's two points here. The first is a question: Was the one that you called up and, and said, "Don't marry her, marry me"? Is that the same one that said, "Move to Nashville or Las Vegas or or I'm sorry, Nashville or Los Angeles or New York"? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, same guy. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, so you know, it's it sounds it sounds humorous. But it sounds to me like the best thing that came out of that relationship was him giving you that advice because look at now you did move to Nashville and, and you found great success. But as you as you sort of alluded to, that's certainly a motivator. You know, when this is someone that really has your heart, you're looking in the mirror and you're knowing that he's marrying someone else. You're looking in the mirror and going, well, I think I better get my butt moving because I gave him up for this. So I need to work my tail off and sing. You know, I think that's, I never looked at it that way, but I think that's actually very interesting and, and amazing that you pointed that out that way, because you're right. I mean, I gave it up, and I can't take it back now, so it's too late to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should write a song whenever we get off the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mind if you jot some notes while we're talking, but, uh, you know, but I, <laughs> I, I think the thing is that, that on on those nights, you know, when you sit there and you just kind of want to put your feet up and veg in front of the television and say, eh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it today. That's where you have to say, wait a second, wait a second. I better feel it today because I gave up insert so-and-so's name here to come here and do this. So I better find a way to feel it pretty darn quick. <laughs> I better. Yeah, you got that right. I love that attitude. I'm going to think about that every day now. Wow. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing things happen on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. And you know, you, you said that, uh, that, that you've not really even shared that with many people. And, and I'm going to have to start making a list because we're starting to get some exclusives on this podcast. Now, some of them were pretty obvious. We had um, two different guests that actually gave us the exclusive on brand new songs that had not been released yet, not even sent to radio. But then we got into, uh, <laughs> we got into a rather unique quote-unquote exclusive, which was on episode 34, Roxana who's a Canadian singer-songwriter, kind of revealed about this tattoo that she has that no one's supposed to know about. And um, then uh, two weeks ago, Misty Loggins used the podcast to announce that she's putting out a fishing calendar for 2015. So we're getting into some uh, interesting areas here that, that aren't even necessarily something as traditional well, as, here's a new song of mine. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you an exclusive here that no go. one knows about. Here we go. <laughs> In addition, in addition I, to the boyfriend story, this is two, two for the yeah, price of one. Yeah. We're trying to get as exclusive as we can with this interview. I feel, I feel like being like Howard Stern and saying, "Go ahead, tell me." Nobody's listening. Nobody listens to this podcast. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Nobody except those oh fifty countries that are out there, but on SoundCloud, that's all right. Go ahead. I love it. Well, for the last year, um, no one knows this. I haven't really announced it yet, but for the last year, I have been doing this new thing called crochet from the highway and when I'm on the road I'm constantly crocheting creating scarves and so I have my brand new Wally 2014 collection of scarves and they're all each handmade and they're different colors and they each have a name with them so like one of them her name is her name is red white and misty and so that one I create I did it on the plane on the way to Dover to sing the national anthem for the NASCAR nationwide series on ESPN yeah so I needed something to get my mind off of it, and one of them I made on the way down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast to play at this festival called Mayfest, and that one's named Cinnamon. And so they each have awesome. a little name and a little story about where I was on the road whenever I made it. How fun! And, uh, I'm still, 
Yeah, I'm still making them, but I'm going to put them up on the web for sale um, probably in the first week of December for people to buy Christmas gifts and things like that. And They're really one of a kind, and so I just figured you know, all that time I it takes all that time I spend in the um, in the van in the planes, you know, to just be, to be productive in that time and to create something that is one of a kind that a fan could have and and tell that story like, hey, I got this scarf from Karen and she made it on the road while she was in Colorado playing yeah. shows. You yeah, know? yeah, that's very unique. Thanks. So it's brand new. You're, this is the first time I've told anybody about it. So. There we go. There, well. Gosh, you know, uh, be, because I do in in my business, obviously, because I do go back and forth to Nashville, I, I, I'm starting to get this list compiled of some of the guests that I've had that I haven't actually met in person yet. But I think when I meet you, I'm going to have to buy you lunch for giving me such a such an exclusive. That's uh, that's pretty cool. That's right. Uh, we haven't even talked about the new music yet. Well, and and there you go, and and there's the segue because because next on on my list of questions it says speaking of songs because we were <laughs> again we got we got off track and and that's fine to do you you had been talking about lie to me the song we played at the beginning but um speaking of songs i mentioned your new single sharing the night together uh back in in the intro of the show now that's a remake of of course of of the dr hook song from many many years ago but wow you you really did a whole new treatment of it talk talk about how that version was created, and I guess first, what made you choose that song to cover? That's such a great question. Um, I actually have been independent making music for the last you know, six years in town, and I got a connection to a man named Alan Carty, who is the, ma- the producer, um, manager of the tracking room here in Nashville, yep, yep. and um, actually met him through Endsworth High School. The music director over there knew him and connected him with me, and went into the studio and played for him. And he said, you know, there's this song that, you know, he's from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And he said, I just really believe this song might be a good song to recut in this, in this time period. And so he is actually partnered with Dale Morris, who um, is such a great man. He's signed Alabama and Kenny Chesney mm. and Jake Owen and huge acts. And he's amazing. And he, um, also agreed with Alan that it would be a good song to redo. So they found me because they believe that with me being a little bit more of a mature artist, that I've been on the road, I've built a fan base, I've done it. I'm I'm not a little teeny bopper. Like, I'm definitely an, a, a real deal seasoned artist. Yeah. And so they just thought with the lyrics being, you know, sharing the night together and with it being such a seductive melody and doing it from a female perspective that I would be a good fit for it. So... We went in, we tracked it, Dale Morris loved it, um, Alan loved it, so we did the video of it. And it wasn't until we did the full song and the full video that they pitched it to Sony, and then Sony Red picked it up, the distribution through Sky Records, which is Dale Morris's label. And so we all came together into a room at Sony Red and sat down at the table, and I'll, I'll never forget it when Dale walked in, he walked in, and he has cute little collar pops and he walked in and he said, well, Karen, there's more people here today than the day we signed Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and that's a band. And I, it was me and the team and everybody. And I just sat there and kept my mouth shut because I thought that was the best thing. And so we worked the deal out with Sunny Red and they picked it up. And then we pulled it through CMT channels um, and got it on CMT.com and my artist page and things like that. And, and so it's been really neat because the song was the first 
single I've ever recorded that I did not write. The first mm. piece of recorded material that I've ever recorded that I did not write. Interesting. And the beautiful part about it is that the songwriters are deceased, and I've actually gotten to speak with both sides of the family, Ava Aldridge's family and Eddie Struzik's family, about the song and about them. And Eddie Struzik's wife is just so sweet and told me the story about how Eddie was in a bar really young and saw this girl being mistreated and kind of started creating the lyrics while he was sitting in the bar. He was looking mm. kind of lonely, girl, and just started to share in the night together. And the melody of that is so rich, and it's so apparent when we do it live because the band and I are up on stage, and the people in the crowd are just swaying and singing. Mm. And it's just amazing what a rich melody can do. And so getting to record that song was, you know, it was really, um, I think for me it was, a challenge because standing behind the microphone, knowing that I was singing a classic melody from the seventies and I wanted to do the songwriters justice because they're mm -hmm. not here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to sing the song from a place of truth. Like what did that songwriter feel? And uh -huh. I just felt the best uh -huh. approach to that was to keep that smooth groove seventies feel in the vocals and bring in that seductive, you know, sound, which is very different than most of the stuff that I've recorded. So it was definitely experimental, and I was so nervous when it was coming out. Um, it came out September 16th, and the video was released September 24th, and I was so nervous when it came out because I just didn't know if my fans were going to, you know, if they were going to dig it or if they were going to be like, wow, this is so different for you, and we're not sure yeah. what to think. And in the end, what happened was all the fans were like, cool, Karen, that was really experimental and unique and cool. Good job on the cover. Instead of being like, Karen's making this huge turn to like a yeah, 70s groove yeah, sound, yeah. they accepted it for the experimental project that it was, which I'm so glad that they yeah. did because this new album is going to be, you know, truer to what they see live at a show like you would see tonight if you were there. Well, and, you know, what a what a tremendous story, and, th and thank you for sharing that. And, and really, you know, God bless you that, that you took that approach that you wanted to honor those songwriters. Now, granted, at the end of the day, yes, it is business and it does it does have to sell, but you went into it from a very genuine place as opposed to, hey, put a microphone in front of me and as long as it's going to make us some money, let's sing the thing, you know, whatever way you feel <laughs> best. So God bless you. That's, that's, a, that's a very noble approach. Well, thanks. You guys should check it out. It's on iTunes. It's called Sharing the Night Together. And it's um, a cover of Dr. Hook's 1978 tune. Yeah, and listeners, hopefully you've been along for the ride for most, if not all, the episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. But I hope you're starting to see a little bit of a pattern in that Karen referred to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And that is definitely not the first time on this show that we've heard that area referenced because whereas there's a lot of guests from Nashville on the show and, and obviously L.A. and New York are the others that come up in conversation you know, all the way back on the very first episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, Shauna P. Uh, obviously talked about Muscle Shoals because she's in Alabama. And uh, I know there's been others for some reason. Uh, maybe, I know Shauna P. I'm sure you do. She's, yeah. I know her. She's such a sweetheart. And I've actually hung out with her and jammed with her on the beach at the Floribama. So yeah, that's so cool yeah, that you know her. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah she's, she's, yeah, she's awesome. She and I have crossed paths at songwriters festivals on, on a handful of occasions. And I, and I believe, um, 
that I had mentioned in in one of our our pre uh, pre show emails that I'm surprised I hadn't encountered you at Frank Brown because I've been to Frank Brown uh, three of the last four years. Um, but my point is that I think I think Sonny Rock, uh, he's in the Blues Hall of Fame. He's a drummer. He uh, tours with a band called Task Crew. He, he's he's just always all over the place. I believe Sonny also talked about uh, spending some time in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and, and probably other guests as well. Those are just the two obvious ones that jump to mind. Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Karen Waldrup. Visit her official website at www.karenwaldrup.com, and that's spelled W-A-L-D-R-U-P. She is active on social media, too, of course. On her website, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. She is also on YouTube as well. Also, follow Karen online so you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. And, of course, yes, do purchase her music on iTunes. Plus, she has merchandise for sale on KarenWaldrop.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. Please use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast, including even some questions you'd like to hear asked on future episodes. Post all that on the Facebook page I just mentioned or send an email the email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. So, Karen, you started to refer to this a little bit. We're uh, referring to Sharing the Night Together, the single. Does this mean, then, that there will be a full album, presumably containing that song, in the near future? Well, you know, that's such a good question. I was actually sitting on my couch the other night writing a song for me. Um, most of the time I write songs for the audience, and I was writing this song for me, specifically like a diary. Um, and the lyrics of it are, in the morning, they're telling me how many songs I can cut. And I'm begging them to let me play what the people want, because I've tested out this music from Texas to Indiana, and the people seem to like it enough to keep fueling up my tank. And that's where I am. I'm literally sitting here waiting for the budget. I'm waiting for any mm-hmm. moment for them to email me and call me and tell me how many songs we got and how many songs are going to finance. So... Yes, we are definitely going back into the tracking room and tracking more music to be distributed for, through Sony Red. But the music industry is so finicky that, you know, you just don't know until it happens. And I'm a firm believer of, you know, talking about the things that have happened and and working towards the things that will happen. So, I, yes, I am. But I think uh, when it's in someone else's hands, like the label, I'm... At this point, I'm not sure if it's going to be an EP or whether or not it's going to be an album. I'm I'm praying for an album. I told him, I said, come on, I'm trying to get 2015 New Artist of the Year. So we need a record, <laughs> and we need a video, and you need to put me on the road opening for Kenny Chesney. Thank you very much. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my theory. So I got the people that can pull the strings, so I just got to make it happen. Well, that, uh, that's all the more reason, listeners, for you to follow Karen on social media so you can watch as the developments get reported on how this uh, ends up shaking out. Karen, I mentioned uh, before, there's also a really great-looking video for sharing the night together. Because I always like the listeners that are aspiring musicians to get some lessons out of this show, talk about how you decided on that approach for the video, meaning filming it in the studio instead of 
some kind of storyboarded on location concept video that that looks real traditional. Did you explore doing it that way? Did it did it save you money to film it in the tracking room? What what kind of insight can you give on that project? Well, actually, the the manager of the tracking room, Alan Cartier, which I mentioned earlier, he is actually the the powerhouse behind sharing the night together and the music video. And so he was the one that contacted me. I was actually out on the road in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I had played Thursday night, Friday night, two shows Saturday, and I was exhausted. And I was like, ready to get in the bathtub and get in the in the bed and go to sleep. And he called me and he said, "Hey, you know, um, are you, uh, you know, are how much of an artist are you?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, what?" And he's like, "You know, I got the film crew here." I've lined it up. We really want to do an in-studio in of you. Can you be here in 20 minutes? Wow. And I was like, you got it, baby. Wow. And so I stopped, I stopped and got an energy drink, and I grabbed, you know, a cute outfit and did my makeup, and they were like, come on, Karen, come on. And I was like, i got to finish my lipstick. <laughs> I think it was like, seriously, like, one, two, three, go. And I think that's exactly how the music business is. It's like, you know, I got a phone call. Six days before I found out that I was going to be on Bravo TV's My Fab 40, which we filmed last week in L.A., um, they called me six days before we did it. And I had mm. to get all the licenses to them. We had to get the flight booked and and um, fed through the funnel. And we had to take care of the lodging and the hotels and all the logistics. And it was six days before. So I think, you know, if I was going to give any advice to any artist that their career seems to be moving is, you know, just be ready at all times, you know, be well rehearsed, be practiced, know your songs, know your stuff, because when they call, it's usually quick. It's usually like, we need you tomorrow. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not a lot of time, you know, it's, it's, and that, and that's the beautiful thing is to be able to just to go whenever you're called upon. And, and so I try to really to do that whenever I can. I even got asked last night to do a show on Saturday, you know, last minute, Hey, can wow. you come do a show? And I'm like, sure. Why not? You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not booked, so come on. Yeah, here's so I a, just kind of go wherever the music takes me. Yeah, here's a tip. When you get those calls, listeners that are musicians, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Can you the answer do this is yes, and then, when you, and then when you hang up, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The answer is not, I'll call you back tomorrow. The answer is yes. <laughs> is yes. That's great advice for me, actually, to, to remember. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is don't be a pest. I have a four P's approach that I take with Now Hear This. Patient, polite, professional, but persistent. If you adopt something similar, don't have it ruined by a fifth P, meaning being a pest. Know where to draw the line between staying on someone's radar and annoying them with far too many emails, texts, phone calls, visits, and always asking them for something. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Um, Karen, just talk about those. Uh, talk, that, that was your, correct me if I'm wrong, your second time being involved with, with a Bravo TV project. Um, just tell tell the listeners about those those opportunities that you've had with Bravo? The first one was um, on Platinum Hit, which was 2011, and I was casted as one of the 12 songwriters nationwide that was selected to go live in L.A. for six weeks and film this TV show that was 
it was quite, it was actually a lot like, um, like the Iron Chef or something for cooking, mm-hmm. except instead it was for songwriting. And so we each were like our own, um, person fighting for the prize, but we would create teams and then we would write songs together and people would be eliminated based on the song as a team. And so I got to live out there and film that and Jewel was the, um, was actually the host and she's one of my biggest inspirations. Mm. And so she, that was just really cool when she walked in and I realized I got to work with her for as long as I did. And, and it was cool. It was great. It was, it was, um, it was great to see filming in LA from a reality standpoint and the, tr- and the true reality behind it, because we were up at five thirty AM and we didn't go to sleep till 1 AM that wow. night. I mean, it was wow. like filming all day long, all day long, all day long, all day long. I mean, it was just a lot of work and it was, you know, and for that, for me to say that, and I've been on the road with the band <laughs> touring the country, I can tell you, I know what hard work is and you know, being on the road touring with a band is nothing compared to living in LA and filming Bravo TV's platinum hit. I mean, it was something else. And, and how did, and, how know, did you, how did you get on the show in the first place? There was actually a couple a couple songwriter friends of mine and, and just buddies of mine actually emailed me the link to go audition at Sony on Music Row, wow. and uh, and so they got me an audition and so I went and did it, auditioned wow. for it. And next thing you know, I was um, on the fast track to LA. And then when it released, when it actually released, because it took them like six months to edit it. Once it released, that was when I was really able to quit my day job and go out on the road because the exposure gave me gave me that leverage that I needed to cross over into, um, hey, you know, come see this artist. You know, she's proven herself. And now, yeah. you know, that's kind of in the past, but the, that was kind of my uh, one step towards it, you know. And I always ask, I always think it's interesting whenever you look at an artist that's, that's you want to say, quote, made it or it, on a celebrity level, if you will. And, you know, there's always like this black space. You know, everybody talks about in them in the beginning of where they're from and when they moved to Nashville. And then everybody talks about their first number one song. Mm-hmm. But no one ever talks about that middle ground. No one ever talks about that black space. Yeah. And that black space is where the steps happen to get them to that first single. And those steps that are taken are so different for every artist. And sometimes it's someone that someone knew. Sometimes for me, it was a TV show I was on that was like really a huge step. And then from there, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And next thing you know, you're just, I mean, sometimes it just blows me away that I get phone calls from people from all over the country that want to order all my records and the T-shirt and they want a koozie and they want everything. And we connect over the phone and they give me their credit card over the phone and trust that I'm going to ship it. And I always do. I always do what I say I'm going to do. Always. That's my motto. Um, and treat people right and do the right thing. And then it comes back around for sure. So it just blows my mind because I, can, I it operates quite like an independent business, mm-hmm. even though I have this magical wizard world of Sony and Sky Records sitting on the side. I'm still very much so handling my business as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm paying out merch. I'm I'm buying T-shirts and paying those off, and then I'm selling them live, and mm-hmm. I'm making sure that you know the website's maintenance fees are paid and. I'm making sure the music's live on iTunes and I'm making sure that I'm getting paid my BMI royalty payments from playing live. And I mean, just, it definitely functions like a business, like any other business. Absolutely. And for me, 
And for me being kind of the CEO of that business, I mean, I've even had to fire people, you know, and you never thought that you would, that you would have that much of a business, that you would employ people, that you would, I mean, I, I support people's lives and families, you know, my band members, you know, make a living off of playing. It's just crazy that I've like, I just, that's that right there. I still get me. I, I thought I was a songwriter. <laughs> what, what happened to writing songs? <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the, the more recent Bravo TV opportunity, if, if you could just describe that. Yeah, actually, um, I played a corporate event in Dallas and again, it's like what I just said, everything kind of one thing leads to the other all the time. And it's just this constant stream of opportunity that just kind of comes in. And I just, I honestly, I take them all. I take all the opportunities. I rarely say no. I just, I only say no if I feel like it's me spinning my wheels. You know, if I feel like I'm doing all the work and there's not a lot of payout. Like, I'm right. like, well, like, you know, I could be, that's the only time I really say no. But um, they actually, I played a corporate event in Dallas and this guy, Lindsley Medlin, who had heard me and I connected, connected with, he actually knew the girl Brandy Flores, who they're featuring on the Bravo show, My Fab 40. Mm. And, um, she really loved country music and they were looking for an artist that wrote all their own stuff because Bravo obviously doesn't have the right to play music without the releases, sure, without sure. the license. So they needed someone like me who was was able to reach out to my co-writers and everybody was able to sign off on um, the songs that were approved. Some of the songs weren't approved, you know, and that's fine. The publishers mm-hmm. said no for whatever reason and I understand. Um, but the ones that were approved, um, we got them all approved and I jumped on a plane and they picked me up at the airport and next thing you know, I'm at the Fontana Speedway with the finest babes you've ever seen in LA and <laughs> I didn't think my hair was big enough. I needed more <laughs> hairspray. <laughs> I was like, what am I wearing? <laughs> you know, Nashville's way different than LA, you know, the high heels and the, and the hair and the makeup and the clothes and all that is just. It's it's really lavish there, and um and it was fun. It was fun to be around that environment, and I just ate and ate and ate and ate, and took me a week to work it off in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and we had fun. Um, Karen, back in the intro, I mentioned that you have shared the stage with Carrie Underwood and Sarah Evans and others, and that you've played internationally, which we'll talk about shortly. Plus, I know that. You've played at the famous Bluebird Cafe there in Nashville. You mentioned about singing the national anthem for a NASCAR national anthem for a NASCAR event. But as a girl from New Orleans, how special was it to go back there and perform at the NFL Experience at the Super Bowl a little over a year and a half ago? Oh, that was very special for a couple reasons. One, because it was Mardi Gras, it was the same time period as Super Bowl Experience. So my band was wanting to go to the parades and park our van. And so we had the 15-passenger van and the, and the five-piece band. Um, man, that could be cool in a song. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we had the 15-passenger van and the five-piece band parked on the uh, side of the street on Veterans Boulevard while the parade, you know, while the parades were going by throwing beads and all that. And then the next morning we were up on the stage playing for the NFL experience at the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it was definitely um, – one of those uh, culturing experiences for me and for the band. You know, the people who had never been to New Orleans got a really great snapshot of the city. And for me, who had been there, you know, so many times and from there, got, you know, 
a lot of stuff in one weekend, you know, with the with the Ronnie Gar parade and all that going on. And I remember I called my grandma. I said, Grandma, she's not alive anymore, but she is so sweet. She had a huge home in New Orleans. And I said, Grandma, I just think, you know, would you mind if we stayed with you that we could save the money on the hotel uh-huh. and, you know, put more money in my pockets and not have to pay for the rooms? And sure. She welcomed in, this 85-year-old woman welcomes in, like, a wild five-piece natural man <laughs> to stay in her home. And everyone's, like, piled up in the bed. So we had a blast. And she was making us gas house eggs in the morning. And so that, I think, to me, that kind of goes down in my mind of my grandmother, how cool she was. Yeah. You know, most 85-year-old people are like, no, it's all right. I'll pay for your room. <laughs> now, was there music? Did you, did, did you play music for her there, there in the house? You know, I like to, I like to play for my grandmother um, acoustically. I don't remember if I did on that trip, but mm-hmm. I definitely played for her over the years for sure. She loved it, and I actually played at her funeral party. We had a big funeral party for her. It was a hell of a celebration, that's for sure. <laughs> but I got a big family, and she had such a good life, so it was more happiness than it was sadness. You know? Yeah, yeah. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Karen Waldrop. Visit her official website at www.karenwaldrup.com. As someone with a big, long Polish last name like Wozniak, I'm sensitive to spellings, so it's W-A-L-D-R-U-P. She is active on social media, too, of course. On her website, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, she is also on YouTube as well. Also, follow Karen online so you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. And, of course, do purchase her music on iTunes. Plus, she has merchandise for sale on KarenWaldrup.com. Be sure you're also checking out www.NowHearThis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free. makes it very easy to get the show every week. It just downloads automatically when a new episode comes out. You don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on NowHearThis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I always welcome your feedback about the podcast and send in some questions that you'd like to hear asked to guests on future episodes if you're so inclined. Just post those on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. Karen, we do have to talk about the Midtown Violets because I know that was a great source of activity in terms of playing lots and lots of live shows. Yeah, and everybody says that um, in life there, that there's 10,000 hours. Um, and once you hit 10,000 hours, you know, you kind of become a pro at it. And Midtown Violets was great for me because I was coming off of the reality show. I was in a, I was leaving my day job and I partnered up with Ashley K. Thomas, who's another uh, artist. And we hit the road together. So we joined them in together in the van. And neither of our careers was really big enough to sustain its own tour. So by us merging together, we were able to open for each other at different clubs and venues. We were able to support each other. She would play violin. I would sing backup and play percussion instruments. And we would tour, primarily the Southeast. And then what ended up happening was it just kept on booking itself. It was like, hey, y'all were great. Can you come back? Hey, you guys Mm. were great. I I know this place that has this. And so next, one thing led to the other, and we just kept booking where we kind of created a little spreadsheet where we would know where the shows were going and we would have little ads for each tour and, and we're out route them into like little tour 
schedule dates and things like that. And then we decided, well, maybe we should form a, a duo. So we created a duo called Midtown Violet, which was so much fun because you know, to have two females on the road like that was just, I mean, you can imagine the laughter <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the attention we got and the fun we had. And it was such a great experience. And it kind of allowed both of us to get that stage experience we needed. Mm-hmm. And so we created a record and we released it at the beginning of this year. And I'm so proud of it. It's called Don't Give Up. And it's so great. It has some really great songs on it, one of which is called Like 10,000 Angels. And, uh, and so I think that's the truth. I mean, I think in anything, you, you kind of need that 10,000 10, hours. And Midtown Violence definitely gave me that years and years of just living and breathing and existing on the stage to where now when the microphone falls over because things like that happen, I don't freak out. I just, I'm professional enough to where I can play, lean down, pick it up, you know, and and this song never stops. Or like when I was in L.A. last week, and I go out in front of the fil- entire film crew, and I start playing, and I go up to the vocal mic and start singing, and it's not on. The mm. microphone is not on. Mm-hmm. And there's all eyes and all cameras on me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept playing. And I smiled, and I kept playing, because at that point, it's not my job. There's yep. a sound guy, and it's his job yep. to make sure that that microphone's on. So I just kept playing, smiling. Half the room didn't even know there was anything wrong. And I think you only get to that point in your career when you've spent thousands and thousands of hours on stage. Absolutely. When you get to that point where you don't lose it, where you don't go, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. You just calm and someone else fixes it and you move on. And so I think that right there is huge, you know, to be able to tour in small bars and clubs and be on stage and build a fan base on a grassroots grassroots level, it's just huge. It's invaluable. And I wouldn't be here where I am today with my band touring the way we are without the 10,000 hours and without Midtown Violet. Okay, so just help me understand the timeline, though, because I'm I'm wondering if there was a real deciding factor between going solo instead of being in a duo. So are, are you saying that Midtown Violet's preceded the appearance on Bravo that then gave you the recognizability where you could go out on your own? Is, is that the, the correct sequence of events? No, we were friends and I went out on Bravo and when I came off of the Bravo show, that was at the same time where she was getting some bookings and I was getting some bookings and then we piled up together and went on the road. Well, so but it was as, actually after. As, as we sit here today, you're you're performing with your band and and not with the Midtown Violets. So what what? Oh, I think. Yeah. So what made you decide? I, I'm I I just need to do this solo with my own band and and not as as a duo called the Midtown Violets anymore. I think honestly, I think doors close in life, and with Midtown Violets, the doors just kind of naturally closed. Like it just wasn't growing anymore. It wasn't. We weren't getting better gigs. We weren't getting better stages. We just weren't, it wasn't going anywhere. And so right at the same time where it wasn't really going anywhere, all the doors started opening up for me on a solo level where, hey, you know, we want this band. And I was rehearsing my full band. I just really wanted to be in a country rocking band with a four-piece band, full drum kit, electric guitar, bass, me playing acoustic. I just was ready for that that move and it's actually a very difficult move to make and I'll tell you why because when you're acoustic you're able to go to a club 
and set your stuff up and play and walk out of there with 500 bucks cash. Sure. Or, hey, that's no problem. But when you're with the band, now you're billing the club $2,500 and you got to pay the van. You got to pay each member. You got to pay the gas. You got to pay the food. So it really, it puts you in this place where it's a little tight for a minute until you start to develop that band presence. It, it, you actually take a pay cut because you're like, you're going from having it going on acoustically to I'm moving towards this way more expensive act for the venue or the booking agent or the whoever is booking at the club or the private event. Now it's all of a sudden way more expensive and I'm actually making less money. So you have to, you have to kind of go through those awkward moments in your career to get to the next level. And it didn't take long. It only took like four or five months to where now we're only getting band bookings. I'm no longer mm-hmm. really getting acoustic. Mm-hmm. I'm getting acoustic booking fly dates, you know, come to Texas and play San Antonio. Great. Sure, sure. But if, you know, for touring, it's mainly moved away from acoustic and it's moved towards full band. And it's because I took that risk. Yep, yep, and yep. any, any artist is going to experience it when they go acoustic to full band. It's awkward. Well, sure, because it's you're awkward. also you're also dealing with things like egos and schedules, and, and as you said, uh, you know, having to split the pay. Um, so those are those are certainly all all uh, you know very important considerations. Uh, I mentioned before, and, and and let's talk now about some of that international playing that you've done. Like like I said in the intro, wow, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, Switzerland. I love to travel. I got to tell you, I love to travel. My heart beats on the highway. And I just think that part of being an artist is playing music for you. Obviously you want to make sure the music is true to you playing music for the listener is you want to make sure that the listener is experiencing and feeling and getting something out of listening to the music. And I think the third variable is giving back to the community. And so if there's a possibility in any way, shape or form in my life, where I get to give back to a organization where it doesn't like, you know, most people, they have a, they have a job. They get, they donate money. Well, me, I like to donate my talent. And so I donate my show. And so in Belize, I played for a women's organization mm. and um, we did a show. It was a big fundraiser event where we sold tickets and we, um, played $20 song requests all night and all the money went to the organization and wow. we sold different travel packages. And anyway, we raised 4,000 Belize, which is 2000 us that night. And when I did that, you know, it just felt so good. It felt so good to go That's to a, a land, a foreign land where people needed the support and be able to drum up that kind of money for them That's by true. just doing what I love. It didn't cost me anything besides my time. Mm-hmm. And then in exchange, they treat me so good because they give me this lodging and now I have all these friends in that city. And so that's what I do. So I reach out to countries that I feel like I want to go and play and be a part of their community. And I contact them through Facebook and offer them my live performance in exchange for lodging. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time they say, Oh, it's perfect. Cause we have this organization that needs funding. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why to Belize, I actually went into, flew into Belize and we played the, played those gigs. I actually went to Belize twice and played and then backpacked into Guatemala, which wow. was incredible. Wow. Oh my gosh. We hiked a volcano. I mean, it was just intense. 
And so there we just played like this little hostel, you know, for a uh-huh. bunch of traveling uh-huh. people. And so, and then the last trip in Honduras, I really was obsessed with Roatan, Honduras. And I just wanted to go there so bad because I'd met this girl when we were in Guatemala who said it was her favorite place in the world and she'd been traveling nonstop for eight months. She was mm. Australian, of course. <laughs> so I got my little heart set on Roatan, Honduras. And the next thing you know, I'm playing on the island of Roatan, Honduras and getting scuba diver certified. Wow. So I got to go and yeah, so I got to go under and see the underwater in Honduras and I felt like the little mermaid, you know, being down there <laughs> looking around and I will say about scuba diving, if there's anyone listening or anyone who wants to scuba dive, it changes your mindset on life. Mm, it changes wow. your view it changes your view on the world because when you put your head underneath the ocean and you're 60 feet below the ocean and you're looking around at everything that exists at the, mm-hmm. you know, I know this sounds crazy, but at the reefs that have been there for you know thousands of years to yeah. create themselves and you're looking around thinking about how petty the drama in your life is. I'm you're sure. like, oh, am, I, am I seriously arguing with this chick back home about, you know, whatever? Like, I'm no, sure. I can't be doing that. I don't got time for that. Life, is, the world is too big and there's too many sea turtles. so anyway so i love traveling abroad and i and i kind of set my goals to go one place a year so Mm -hmm. Roatan, honduras was or honduras actually we went into the mainland and backpacked up and saw the ruins and things but um belize was switzerland was one year belize was one year guatemala then honduras and then this year i don't know where i'm gonna go i gotta figure that out maybe i should post something on my um social media for people to vote on what country should be my next destination. Now, when you say this year, do you mean in these last six weeks of 2014 or do you mean in 2015? 2015. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead. And the gigs, the gigs sometimes come into me. So sometimes I just go with them. So we might get a request to go to Costa Rica. Who knows? Uh, we're going to close today. With a song of yours called The Beginning, another big up-tempo song. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to sound like that host from Inside the Actor's Studio now, but uh, put down the guitar, and, and we don't need Karen Waldrop, the singer, right now. Let's hear from the songwriter in you about this song called The Beginning. Well, thanks. I appreciate that you want to hear it from that perspective. It was actually inspired by when I quit my day job. You know, I wanted to write a song that felt like when the person in the crowd hears it, that at any moment in their life, including that moment, that they can start over. So I've had people walk up to me telling me that they've been divorced or that they just moved to town or that they just lost a lot of weight or that they need to lose a lot of weight or that they need to stop smoking cigarettes or that they need to do this, that, or the other. And I think the beginning is, you know, telling the people in the crowd when I'm playing live or when they're listening to it, like, Whatever moment that is for you, just decide that that moment is right now and change whatever it is that you need to change because you are the only person that can decide that this moment is the beginning. And so for me, that moment in the beginning, you know, was the lyrics to the song, I work all week, got plans at night. I'm even busy on the 4th of July, so what happened to being free? You know, like, this is where I am. This is the start, you know, and... So burning the candle at both ends, you know, the lyric in it, you know. So I think for for me, it's kind of like encouraging people to make that change today, wherever that is. If I'm at a 
bar downtown or if I'm at a dinner theater show or if I'm in somebody's living room playing it, I want whoever's listening to it to think, yeah, I'm going to start over. I'm going to do it right now. I want that moment to be that moment for that person, and that's what the beginning's about. That's great. That's great. Well, Karen, this has been a whole lot of fun. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad to have had the opportunity to talk with you, and, and I appreciate you making the time to be on the show today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's such an honor to be able to talk about the things I've done and, and for people to listen and care, and I'm just thankful. So thanks so much. My pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless you. It's, it's, it's really great stuff. It's infectious. Thank you. i got to go curl my hair because i got to get ready for the next show. <laughs> Well, I will uh, close as has become standard operating procedure by formally thanking my guest, today's singer-songwriter Karen Waldrup. Visit her official website at www.karenwaldrup.com. Remember that she is active on social media too, so please like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram. Remember that you can easily access all of those through the social media icons on her website homepage. And as I've mentioned before, she is also on YouTube as well. So watch her videos on there. Subscribe to her channel. Keep your eyes out for her tour dates so you can make plans to go see her live. And of course, do purchase her music. It's on iTunes, her new single, uh, plus four albums. And there is also Karen Waldrop merchandise available for purchase through her website. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Please, uh, if the show moves you so much, do give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too. That uh, would hopefully be accompanied by a five-star rating. It actually does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions that you'd like asked on future episodes. Post those on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel, all on nowhearthis.biz. Or you can send an email. The address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz, as the Canadian would say. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Karen Waldrop. This is the one she just talked about. It's called The Beginning. But I got a feeling
feeling And I should keep my 